Hello, everybody. Good morning. How are you? I hope all is well. This is Perry Rosopoulos, and welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today we're going to be sticking with Epictetus and his great piece, The Art of Living, translated by Sharon LaBelle. Again, love this translation. This is one of the first books I'd recommend to people if they want to get into philosophy as, a, as the art of living and uh, philosophy as a way of life. So on that note, I think this section I'll share today is both a general piece of encouragement that'll get us thinking about some good questions and have us examining ourselves. Um, I think, again, for Epictetus as a Stoic, we want to focus on what we can control. And one thing we can really work to have, I think, a large degree of control over and something we should spend time doing that even, you know, thousands of years ago, Socrates was telling people in Athens, uh, look, you're ignoring this. And I think, I know I myself ignore this sometimes. And um, I don't think it's something that our culture really promotes, right? But it's this idea of spiritual progress. It's this idea of learning how to care for ourselves, know ourselves, and uh, and heal ourselves, right? And I think this uh, this is definitely also kind of you know a part of his understanding of philosophy as a form of therapy. At least this uh, collection of short excerpts specifically, I think, speak to that sort of general understanding of philosophy for him. I mean, he thought his school and he referred to his school as a hospital, right, for people who were dealing with spiritual issues, anxiety, stress. Um, so I think this is a great example of that. So the title of this section, which once again, this was written by, was written by his student, right? Um, Start living your ideals. And he said, now is the time to get serious about living your ideals. Once you have determined the spiritual principles you wish to exemplify, abide by these as if they were laws, as if it were indeed sinful to compromise them. So this is the first section, right? And I think it's a really good one. Um, so first we have to establish the ideals, right? So what are your ideals? Maybe we could think, what are the ideals you presently embody? And the more interesting question might even be, right? So what ideals should we embody more? Which should we embody less? And maybe which, you know, which ideals are even new potentially, right? It takes work, I think, to sort of shake ourselves from our habits, to introduce new thoughts, new actions, new feelings, but it's definitely possible. So at the very least already in the first couple of lines, I think he's asking us like, examine yourself, figure out your ideals that you're currently living. And then like, how could they be better? Right. And we could get them better by avoiding some and then by encouraging others and maybe even by introducing others too. So I'll give you an example of this. For me, I've been taking, uh, let's say an aggressive approach just in the way I'm talking to myself internally and also the way I've been writing. And I've even been bringing it up with friends recently. Um, I'm trying to get rid of some ambition. I think I've mentioned this a couple episodes already. I'm, you know, I'm working on myself here too, and I'm reading this stuff. And I think, you know, or I hope sharing it, it meaning my application to me is helpful. But yeah, I think my ambition kind of drives me to a point of stress. And I'm like, you know what, maybe this is all unnecessary. And by all, I don't mean every, you know, every little bit of it. I just mean maybe I'm attaching too much too much ambition to my daily life and it's not bringing me anything good. So that's a whole new idea for me. I've, re- I've literally never examined that honestly, where I'm like, hey, maybe I'm too ambitious and that's a bad thing. I've always conceived of ambition as a virtue. And now I'm like, I'm challenging that. And I actually think I've been doing it for a few days and I'm enjoying it. Like these have been interesting things to think about. And uh, this this first couple of sentences brings that to mind for me, right? So if I've determined that these the spiritual principle is be less ambitious, right? How do I exemplify that in my thinking, feeling, and acting? 
right? And how do I not compromise that? Well, I think when I'm starting to have overly ambitious thoughts, or let's even say, I think for me, being ambitious or overly ambitious attaches to setting unrealistic expectations for myself on a daily basis. And then I also then set unrealistic expectations for the day, which is to say like what the day will bring. Like a lot of days, day in, day out, are not going to bring anything too exciting. And I have to be okay with that. Right. So when I let myself start being not okay with that, I should catch myself. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Look, enough's already happened today. There's enough to be grateful for here today. Today is just one day. And this is where the movie Palm Springs comes in, connected to this, I think, really nicely. Um, and again, I'm going to try to raise some points for the movie. I might do a whole episode on it. I don't want to ruin it because um, I think the ending is really cool. But one line I thought was interesting. Um, basically it's sort of like a groundhog day, which is to say like they're in a situation, the two main characters where the day is just repeating itself. Right. And, um, one of the characters is coming to terms with it and she says, uh, let's, well, let's waste some time because the other character has made peace with the idea that like just the day's repeating and we have to just find ways to spend this day that are at least enjoyable. And then within that too, he kind of has his own set of morality, a set of like moral rules. He has his own morality where he actually doesn't want to do harm to others either. He does try to enjoy life, but also he does spread a little joy as well. So it's interesting to see, right? But either way, that one line, that one line, let's waste some time actually helps me be less ambitious because I'm like, it's, you know, it's okay to have a day where maybe I don't get everything done that I want to, or a day where not much in my view gets quote gets done. That's okay. And I have to let myself be cool with that. So let's waste some time is sort of becoming a little bit of a nice way for me to relax. And we're keeping in mind too that the Stoics want us to serve others. And they also want us to have ataraxia, which is like that inner peace, right? So maybe if that brings a little peace and I'm still serving others and I'm serving myself by being more relaxed, it's a win, right? So let's go to the next part of this, which I think is great too, right? He tells his students or told his students, don't mind if others don't share your convictions. How long can you afford to put off who you really want to be? Your nobler self cannot wait any longer. So for me, right, as I'm reading that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? A more relaxed me is a better version of me. And I've pretty much been doing this intense thing for about 30 years. So maybe it's time, you know, and I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but that type of acknowledgement, like, you know what, this is, it's waited long enough. I've been procrastinating. I'm thankful for the opportunities and the sort of, let's say, collision between me and the universe or whatever that's allowed me to reach this new point, this this point of realization about the spiritual principle. But I can't let myself wait any longer. And I'm for sure, and I like that he adds this, you know, as a Stoic would, I'm for sure not going to let someone else's opinion of me maybe being a little bit more on the relaxed side prevent me from at least trying it, right? Now, we're keeping in mind nothing is permanent. Right. So if I don't like it in a, a month or two weeks or whatever, I can switch it up a little bit again. But I have to at least let myself try it out. Right. And I have to get other people's ideas and opinions a little bit out of my head because ultimately those voices are all sort of a part of the, uh, let's say, the intensity orchestra that has encouraged me thus far to be the way I am. Right. So this is really something we have to take some personal responsibility over, whilst also, of course, tuning into the world around us. Right. We don't ignore it, but we have to maybe prioritize this voice of the new spiritual development we want, right? Make that voice a little bit louder, return to it a little more frequently, write about it a little more frequently, different strategies, right? So put your principles into practice now. Stop the excuses and the procrastination. 
This is your life. You aren't a child anymore. The sooner you set yourself to your spiritual program, the happier you will be. The longer you wait, the more you will be vulnerable to mediocrity and feel filled with shame and regret because you know you are capable of better. And that's a great feeling too. Although that's kind of a, like you're making yourself feel bad. That's a good feeling bad, right? The idea that you know you're capable of better. If we're defining that idea of better, well, right? If we're finding that idea, of, if we're defining the idea of better in a way that's healthy, that's great. Like, oh, I, there's more in me. I could try this out again, like me, right? I can try this experiment. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, my life isn't gonna fall apart if I, for a couple of weeks, try to chill and just be okay with the notion that not every minute has to be filled with something meaningful, right, or something productive. Um, even just the idea, right? I think of saying, okay, this is a situation. Let's just for a moment keep it ethical, right? Within myself, I don't like. I don't like, just another example, right? Maybe these anxious ideas, these anxious feelings. The first thing we have to acknowledge maybe and you know, articulate it clearly is, well, I can live differently. So instead of jumping right to why can't I get rid of this or why can't I get rid of these feelings or what's wrong with me or maybe even before we go to where is this coming from? first be like, you know what? Okay, this is what it is. I can live differently. It's possible. And really confronting that in our thinking, our speaking, and our writing, and then trying to do that too in our living, right? That I can is, is not insignificant. And it's something we have to believe, right? Because before we even, I think, start getting to know it, we have to believe that ultimately we can even do that successfully, right? So to say, I can figure this out. I can do this. I think I can is that well, is that moment, I think, for Epictetus where we're confronting first the capacity, the idea that we are capable. It's a very important way to view ourselves, I think. And the idea, too, of you aren't a child anymore. I mentioned the, uh, I made a weird statement a minute ago that I just made up now, which I'm not going to probably use ever again. Um, so, like, I made, like, a reference to an orchestra, right? And I mean, in that, I mean, like, an orchestra has multiple instruments, right? The same way in our minds, we have, let's say, multiple different influences, multiple memories, multiple people that we speak with and interact with regularly who have influenced our past in a lot of different ways, right? I think we've already talked a little bit on this podcast about the importance of memories and our childhoods and all that a little bit. And it's a very important issue, I think, psychologically and philosophically too. So the idea you're not a child anymore, you have to tell yourself sometimes, okay, you know what? Like those things that influenced me 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever, um, and child in quotes there, obviously, right? Or in my earlier life, were formative. They were important. And they're a starting point, right? They're formative. They're important. They've shaped me in a number of ways. But now that I'm an adult, I can take you know a greater degree of empowerment and responsibility in whether or not these things impact me the same way they used to. I'm not me at 20 anymore. I'm not me at 15 anymore or what have you. And we can establish those memories. And uh, as he's suggesting here, right? set ourselves on a path to spiritual progress. That program, right, to be programmatic about it, I think, is to say, you know what, here's some issues or whatever. Every day I'm going to do this. Every couple days I'm going to do this. I'm going to make time to keep using this idea from Marx really, so I love this idea, to winnow my thoughts. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's speaking. Maybe it's a breathing exercise. Maybe it's a walking exercise. But the key, especially for Epictetus throughout this book, and I think it's a powerful point, you have to be programmatic about it. There has to be some type of patterns that you establish for yourself because it's going to help you, right? When we think about other, let's say, in quotes for a moment, I say this with respect to different um, disciplines and different, um, 
let's say commitments, right? Therapy, if one goes to therapy, is a regular thing. And then you do preparation for it too, right? You do exercises usually associated with it, but it's regular and it happens at a certain time in a certain place with a certain person, right? Religion too, I think, can give people a sense of therapy um, and a sense of direction in life. Once again, every religion that I know of at least has rituals, right? On this day, we meet here, we do this, right? There's a reason for that. We want to create our own philosophical programs. And I hope that this podcast throughout will kind of offer you examples of that. Um, but that's important. And we can make that for ourselves with others. Um, and it's going to be something that gives us a lot of uh, a lot of benefits, I think. One of which, again, is that we can say, here's how I want to be. I want to be more patient. Well, how, how do I do that? How, how am I not doing it now? And how do we live it? In the last couple lines of this, from this instant on, so right now, Vow to stop disappointing yourself. Separate yourself from the mob. Decide to be extraordinary and do what you need to do now. And let's say extraordinary is something we define for ourselves, right? And I, I like the idea of separating from the mob, but I feel like that's slightly a different... Well, in this section, he's referencing both internal and external, I think, right? Um, and I think for John Stuart Mill, I think he said something like 19 out of 20 people are unhappy, right? So to strive for this spiritual program that you pursue your own growth for Epictetus directly connects to a happier life. Or at the very least, again, we're using the ancient Greek word, a eudaimonic life, which is to say a fulfilling life. We get a sense of fulfillment when we, let's say, move past an old part of ourselves or when we learn to live more peacefully with some things that are difficult to get rid of entirely. We know that. And that's a really good moment, I think. And we have to learn to focus on ourselves in this meaningful way. It's not selfish. It's something that we need to do that, again, I don't think we're encouraged to do. Especially if you didn't, um, let's say, if you didn't grow up with and or if you don't presently have some type of religious practice and or if you're not in already in some type of therapy, I think philosophy should not replace any of that. I want to make that clear. But I do think philosophy can work at times in similar ways and would certainly um, – be a good addition to those things. And if you don't have either of those things, I think philosophy becomes even more necessary. Right. But for me, I've always sort of seen philosophy, psychology, and religion as working, really working nicely together, I think. Um, and I've seen that in my work as a professor and my own personal life too. So I would recommend, again, taking this suggestion from Epictetus seriously, asking some of those questions to yourself. And just one more point on the mob. I got distracted there, right? The mob isn't just other people. The mob is also you, right? The mob is all these different versions of ourselves. Quite simply, there's a past version of us, the present version of us, and the future version of us. That's one way of looking at it. There's also like confident version of you, not as confident version of you. There's um, patient version of you and not patient version of you. The virtues we seek, it's likely the case that at least at some point, we've exhibited them in some way. Go back, examine that, think about it. Craft an image of the future too. What would a confident me look like a week from now, a year from now? And try to create a program for that. Think about the way you practice your daily self-writing maybe. Pick up that habit. Think about in the morning, reviewing certain thoughts, calling certain thoughts to your attention. Maybe adding things to your physical space to encourage you, write quotes or images, what have you. Maybe working on some positive consumption habits. Like what do you listen to on a daily basis? Make it programmatic make it systematic, make it flexible, and see how it goes. Oof, under 16 minutes. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Hope this was helpful. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.